You're listening to another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with Banker Bill. Ryan, you should get off the internet. And your guy, Bully Rye. I think it's a brilliant idea. That's right, everybody. It's another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye. Apologies for no wrestling show this week. Uh, oh, oh yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it breaks Banker Bill's heart. Um, your guy was feeling a little under the weather and decided not to uh, not to mess with it. A lot of wrestling stuff going on. Uh, PJ, Steve, and I are actually going to be recording here soon. Um, but without further ado, once again, another football show. You already heard his voice. Let's bring back to the show Banker Bill for the football show uh, that we have for you today. Bill, how's it going, bud? What's happening, Ryan? How's, how's things going with you? Other than the oh, fact you know, that you don't feel good. I mean, yeah, man. Listen, uh, you know, sometimes you just you, you, you get in one of those like uh, one of those those crummy feelings where you can't kind of kick whatever it is that's whether it's uh, congestion, it's pollen season. So I'm sure, oh, yeah, that had something to do with it. Coming from Florida, you know more about pollen than uh, than your wife. Um, coming from Washington, I'm sure since y'all have moved down here, um, you've gotten a nice, nice fun experience uh, as to how bad the pollen can be. Yeah, my car's yellow. I appreciate it. Yeah, I uh, man. So my mom's borrowed my car this week to go visit down in Charleston, and I'm terrified that 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 burgundy garnet color is going to be like a I don't know what, <laughs> what what is red and yellow like an orange color. Orange, orange. Yeah, yeah it look good. So I can't. Yeah, I can't wait to have an orange car when she gets back. Um, but I digress. Let's get right into the show here. Uh, we're going to talk some NFL news and notes, uh, as we always do before we take our break and get into the XFL from week three. Uh, so let's get right into it. The NFL combine took place last week, Bill. Um, there was, uh, to me, there was one particular winner and one particular loser. Um, and I know what I'm gonna, you're going to say, I know well, what you're going to say. I'm going to go with the loser first. Okay. Um, probably the most unfortunate Situation at the combine happened to uh, Southern Cal offensive lineman Andrew Voorhees. Um, tears his ACL uh, during doing drills on Sunday. Would go with a torn ACL and continue to do drills that he could do with his upper body. Um, but a clean tear of his right ACL. Um, Bill, there was there was talk on the radio this week about the potential of maybe doing away with the NFL combine altogether. Um, what, do you, what, what, what happens with this guy, Andrew Voorhees, and, and what does it mean for the future of, of doing drills here at the combine? I think they're going to still do it. I mean, if you don't do it here, they're going to have their pro days. So that's still going to happen. I think the combine is still going to be a thing. It's just an unfortunate injury. What are you going to do? I mean, what happens to him? I mean, if he gets drafted, and I say if, I don't know where he was projected to go originally. But I think that he'll probably obviously he's going to fall, and so if he gets drafted, I mean he's going to have to sit out the year. He won't, be, he won't be ready probably until next season. So that's that stinks, man. I really you hate to hear something like that. Yeah, the athletic had him as a top one hundred pick. So okay. within within the first what three three four rounds, about three rounds, yeah. So a very unfortunate situation. Um, a lot of guys standing out like the the quarterbacks that everybody's talking about, C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young comes in with almost the exact same measurements as Kyler Murray uh, from his height and weight standpoint. Um, but, Bill, you said you knew it was coming. Uh, your guy from Florida, Anthony no. Richardson. I'm looking right. at NFL.com right now. 
He has got a prospect grade of 6.35, which means I guess he'll be an eventual B-plus starter. Um, He had a combine production score of 70. That's a 2023 quarterback combine rank 11th. Um, But he scored 99 on the combine quarterback athleticism uh, test. He ran a 4.43 yard, uh, 40 yard dash. Um, He had a 40.5 inch vertical jump, a 10 foot, nine inch broad jump. Um, He turned heads at the combine, Bill. So with that being said, we've been talking about it for what, what feels like three weeks now. Did Anthony Richardson do enough to warrant you and I changing our mind that he's going to get a general manager fired in three years if he is drafted in the top 10. Oh, oh, wow. Will he be drafted in the top 10? Man, I hope. Did he do enough? Yeah. If they thought a lot about him before, they th- they think more of him now. That was insane. I mean, the guy put on a show. He's the, he's the most athletic quarterback we've ever seen at the Combine. The only one that was even close was RG3. They both had the same athletic score, 99, but they were rated. uh, Basically, people said Richardson was more impressive uh, because of his size, which is insane. I I, want to know this. Who's going to stand up and move this man to wide receiver? Like, who's going to do it? Like, 4-4-4. Okay, so he's fast. I compare him to DK Metcalf. Believe it or not, he's taller and bigger. He's a tenth slower in the 40. But if you look at their – if you look – and I have. I did. I looked at their – uh, the, the athletic scores that they 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 have the exact same vertical to the to the inch like to the the what is the tenth of an inch they go to the exact same vertical. Um, the he's a little bit less athletic in change of direction, but of course he's never trained that way, right? Because he was a quarterback, so they didn't really do that. And he's got bigger hands than DK Metcalf, and he's an inch taller and about ten pounds heavier. I mean, it's got, the guy's a bigger DK Metcalf. I, I just don't at four four put him at wide receiver, but. I guess it's sort of this. It's sort of the Tim Tebow argument. Tebow probably could have benefited. He didn't have the speed though. He didn't have no, the speed. No, but I, th- I think Tebow could have benefited from converting to running back or tight end earlier in his career. Probably yes. Um, but he didn't want to play quarterback, or he, he wanted to play quarterback. So, do you think Anthony Richardson's one of those guys that refuses to play another position and he wants to play quarterback? And you know, maybe he fizzles out at quarterback, and that's when they move him. Like, do you? Do you foresee him getting moved to wide receiver right away, or do you think somebody's drafting him? They should to be what the combination of Cam Newton and Justin Fields that one of the general managers uh, have said about him. the The problem is he threw well. He threw really well. He threw accurately. He threw where the ball needed to be. He threw bombs perfect. They were gorgeous. I mean, the guy could throw sixty five yards in the air, you know, easily, and they were accurate. So he threw well. The problem is. The tape shows you what goes on in his head during a game, and it's not there. You can't yeah. say that it is. Everything else is there. That we know he's athletic. We know the tape is terrible, terrible. And I just don't get why people think that he should be a top ten pick. I don't think he should be a top, a first round pick. I think probably he's a third rounder. I mean, yes, you get massive measurables, right? There, he is unbelievable, but the tape just isn't there for him to be a first-round pick. When will he be available in his fourth year? I mean, he was only a redshirt sophomore, so he's pretty young. I just don't get why they think he would be top 10. Yeah, so problem is, like you said, he threw well at the combine, but he didn't have 300-pound SEC defensive lineman coming Correct. at him. Right. Um, They're telling him exactly where to throw, which he's not going to get in the NFL. He's going to have to read the defense and determine – 
where he thinks he should throw. And if that's not available, he has to check down. And he just misthrows all day long at Florida. So before we get into some free agency news and notes, um, so you're staying put that if he's drafted in the top 10, whoever drafts him will be out of a job in three years. Are you yes. still of that mindset? Yes, if they expect him to be their starter. If, if it's – I mean, who is available? The, the last one I saw was Mel Kuyper's, but I'm not sure that that, would hold, that holds water now that they signed Geno Smith. But it was it was them him going to Seattle at at nine after they traded with Carolina. Now that's him coming in behind a an established backup or an established quarterback now with Geno Smith, who just but got a big contract by the exactly, way. Exactly, exactly. So he's now got the big contract. Do they do they draft him to be there in five you know four years? Like I don't think so. So I don't think that's going to happen. So it's got to be somebody that's in the top ten that has to take a chance on a quarterback. And there aren't a ton of teams that are going to do that, but there are some teams that are going to do that. And yeah, I, I still think that whoever that team is, that's going to, if it's a GM that's not entrenched, they're going to get fired. It's it's going to be a terrible pick. So do you think bonus question, since you threw out Seattle taking him? Yep. Do you think Seattle goes after him? No. Or do you think he winds up somewhere like Carolina or, I mean, there's, there's plenty of, of teams out there looking for quarterbacks. Do you think he winds up somewhere outside of Seattle? I think that Will Levis goes ahead of him, so I think that's your three quarterbacks going to the top ten. Unless Seattle's crazy, I'm not sure. I think Drew Locke is still there, maybe. I believe so. Yeah, so I think he's probably still the backup there. Gino doesn't look like a guy – he didn't you know, have any injury concerns last year or, or this year. So um, I think they just continue to go forward with the guy they just signed for, what was it, $100 million? So I, I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, we've got, I mean, we're a little bit over a month away. Don't be crazy, Ryan. Don't be crazy. Don't reach. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm right there with you. I I wouldn't be reaching for Anthony Richardson, but, um, you got a team like Carolina who has been looking for a quarterback that there's mock drafts to have them going after Will Levis out of Kentucky. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens. And like I said, about a month and a half away from the NFL draft, I really, I truly can't wait. It'll be fun to watch the first round of the draft this year. Absolutely. Um, what we also don't have to wait for anymore is where Derek Carr is going. He signs a four-year, $150 million contract with the New Orleans Saints. So here's a question, because going into the offseason, the, the best quarterback in the NFC South was probably a combination of Jameis Winston and or Andy Dalton, both in New Orleans. you got to remember Sam Darnold probably going to be moved on, moved on from uh, Marcus Mariota no longer in Atlanta. Tom Brady has retired again. So now Derek Carr very possibly could be the best quarterback in the NFC South. What does this signing mean for not only New Orleans, but what does it mean for the division? Watch out. <laughs> we talked about him. We thought the Saints might be a place he could go. Uh, you said Michael Thomas doesn't stay healthy enough, but they've got Olave. They still have, I believe they still have, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? I can't think of it right now. Jarvis Landry down there. Yeah. So there's still receivers even without Michael Thomas. Um, he's the best quarterback in that division, and they're probably the best team in that division. I don't think that Kyle Trask is going to be all that great. They do love him, apparently, down in Tampa Bay. They've, or they've said good things about him. Carolina's still up in the air. Probably going to draft a quarterback, right? Yeah, absolutely. And where do you go? I mean, that's that's a complete question mark, especially this year. And who knows? So, yeah, look out for the Saints. I think if you get him in the right system, he could flourish just like he did with John Gruden. 
Yeah, I think this this is this might be one of the hottest takes that I've had. I think this Derek Carr signing uh, makes New Orleans the favorite to win the division. Good call. I like it. I mean, I just I don't I, I don't see anybody else. Even if even if you bring in, you're not going to bring in a veteran uh, to Carolina. There's a chance that Tampa Bay makes a play at somebody, um, but I don't. I just don't see anybody being able to run that division like Derek Carr with the Saints. Um, Speaking of not being able to run the division, there are questions that I have for the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, not expected to place the franchise tag on Orlando Brown, expected to release defensive end Frank Clark after they couldn't come to terms on a revised contract. Um, is Kansas City just cutting the budget? Like, what's going on in Kansas City? Are you really worried? Yeah. I mean, are you, are you, you're actually worried? We, we, we've done this before. What's up? Patrick Mahomes, he can't play quarterback. He's not that good. He came from a, the air raid system at Texas Tech. He's terrible. We're, nobody wanted to draft him, and they moved up into the top. T- They're crazy. Oh, no, look what happened there. Uh, then, then we move on, and they start dropping players like crazy the last couple of years. Oh, they're not They're not going to win the division this year. They said that last year, right? I think I heard that at the beginning of the season. Oh, they're not. They win the Super Bowl. So are we really worried? Are we really worried about Kansas City? Do we, do we feel like in his 20,000th year of coaching that Andy Reid doesn't know what he's doing? No, I think they'll be just fine. They, they're scary every year. I mean, Orlando Brown is a huge loss on that offensive line that protects Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Frank Clark is quite possibly the MVP of that defense. Uh, so not named Chris Jones. Uh, yeah, yeah, not named Chris Jones. I don't know. I just obviously like they're going to be up there, but it's it's just curious to see that some of the guys that are just that are walking away um, because they want to get paid, knowing that they're not going to make Patrick Holmes money in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, Bill, there's a there's a lot of other news. Eric Kendricks, longtime linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, was released. Um, Leonard Fournette released. There's rumors that the Bucks are going to be going after drafting. Uh, Texas running back Bijan Robinson, the running back that is currently on the roster, says he's going to win the job, so he's not concerned. Um, I, there, there's a guy that you're probably interested in. Jeff Wilson wants to be back with Miami, um, but nothing nothing is set in stone yet. So um, the last, uh, I guess, well, well, there's there's actually a couple things that I was going to get into before we get into the last my last one I wanted to talk about. You've got. Um, Non-exclusive franchise tags on Lamar Jackson in Baltimore and Saquon Bar- Barkley in New York. Um, news or noise that they didn't get uh, long-term deals and they've been placed on a non-exclusive franchise tag. I think that's that's you know worth saying um, as far as the way this works. I think it's noise for Saquon Barkley. I think that will happen. Um, obviously the Giants just signed Daniel Jones to a huge deal today. We ex- we expected that as well, Ryan. I think we talked multiple times about how they were going to go forward with Daniel Jones, and here it is. But it doesn't yeah. happen without Saquon Barkley. They need that running game and to help Daniel Jones. I think that happens. Lamar Jackson, uh-oh. If you're a Baltimore fan today, you are not a happy person. The, that is, they're saying they signed the franchise tag for him to trade him. So well, and, and that a long term deal would come after. <clears throat> excuse me, will come after that. the The idea that um they're non exclusive franchise tags means that teams can come in and offer contracts that that the clubs would have to be willing to match or they match can right right. But I I think uh, that's that's what's happening with Saquon. I don't I don't think that I think they plan on still signing Saquon. I think Daniel Jones was the priority, and now that they've got the quarterback, they go with that. But Lamar, that's a problem. 
Yeah, I I am genuinely concerned to see what happens with Lamar Jackson because there are teams that do want to go out and get him. Now, there are a couple teams that reported on Twitter um, that uh, were already off the uh, office, the, the Lamar Jackson watch, I guess. Um, if you bear with me, teams reportedly not pursuing a deal for Lamar Jackson include the Falcons, which we talked about a minute ago, the Miami Dolphins, their yes. reports out that, that <laughs> they are happy yes. and confident with Tua. So kudos to you. Um, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Raiders. So uh, those five teams not in the market for Lamar Jackson. Obviously, Baltimore is. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Because th those are your big notes is that uh, Lamar Jackson, Saquon gets non-exclusive franchise tags. And then Daniel Jones, to your point, four-year, $160 million contract. So they are going all in here um, on Daniel Jones as the guy. But this is probably going to be the last time I'll bring it up until something actually happens. Aaron Rodgers has been given permission to speak with the New York Jets. Jets. Yeah, look out. Uh I asked this question last week, Bill. What's what's happening with Aaron Rodgers? Where does he go? Just where does he go? <laughs> um, I don't know, man. He's so weird. Like, it doesn't you can't predict Aaron Rodgers. Does he want to play for the Jets? I don't think so. Maybe I don't know. I mean, where, where does he? That you hear? I'm I am all like tied up, man. That's Aaron Rodgers' brain as well. I think he the guy acts the same way. I don't. You have no idea. I think Listen, he stays with Green Bay. I think he stays with Green Bay. I think he I think he leaves. Wherever he goes, he's really? not going to be in Green Bay next year. I feel he's like we played be this Packers. game before. I think once he leaves, Aaron Jones will not be far behind him. Yes. But Aaron Rodgers does not stay in Green Bay this year, which is fine by me. Um, I, I should mention I went to the Carolina Clemson baseball game up here in Greenville this past weekend, and a guy sat in front of me that was from Chicago that was a Bears fan. And I said, listen, anybody but the Packers. And he said, I'll cheers to that, bud. So um, – I think Aaron Rodgers is gone. I think they're going to see what they have with Jordan Love. And uh, the Packers are going to be really down this year, which is oh, fine by me. Disaster. Um, listen, there's a – there's a Aaron Rodgers better be thankful that the NFL has stopped testing for marijuana because good night. This dude, <laughs> Half the NFL is thankful for that ride. This dude is out there, and I, for one, I'm tired of talking about him, which is why yes. I said I'm not going to bring him back up until he goes somewhere else. Um, yeah, lots of stuff happening in the NFL. Again, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 7th of March. So uh, still a couple days left in the week for some breaking news to happen. Um, but some really exciting stuff coming out of both the Combine and the uh, free agent period here in the NFL leading up to the NFL draft. Bill? We are going to take our first break, and when we come back, we are going to be discussing the XFL from week three. Three, I want to say three really good games and a stinker. Uh, um, but so well, it wasn't really a stinker, but yes. I mean it was, it was boring. <laughs> but it was it was close. Yeah. A stinker, a sleeper, whatever you want to call it. It was a close game, but it was not entertaining. Find out which one it was and how great the other three games were. Right after this, when we come back right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today 
and make sure you tell them that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the low country. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one one-stop repairs. All right, everybody, we are back. Your guy, Bully Ryan, Banker Bill, here to discuss the XFL from week three. Hope you enjoy the NFL talk. We are going to the live league right now. That is the XFL. Um... Let's just, I mean, I don't know how to really transition from the open to that. Let's just go into the first game from the weekend. The Seattle Sea Dragons took on the Vegas Vipers. And this game was tied at halftime, 9-9. to Vegas would win the third quarter, led this game 20-15 to going into the fourth. But Seattle would pull ahead 30-26 to the final here. Uh, Bill, this was a really fun game down the stretch. How would you feel about Seattle versus Vegas here? Well, I did miss this one live, Ryan. But I think we said that Seattle was a pretty good 0-2 team. Yep. And they had clearly showed they were better than Vegas. And Vegas played some offense finally. We finally saw some offense from Vegas. So this one was fun. I mean, two 0-2 teams, somebody needs to win. And Ben DiNucci showed up, man. That, oh, that man. Showed up and showed out is what they call that, I think. Yeah, listen, we, we discussed off the air. I'm not going to go through all the stat lines for every player on these offenses. But I do want to go through a couple that we're going to highlight here. As you mentioned, for Ben DiNucci from Seattle, uh, 29 of 37, that's a 78% completion percentage. So far, the highest one in the XFL this season. Threw for 377 yards and four touchdowns uh, with one interception. Also had six carries for 32 yards. That's good for 5.3 yards a clip. Fantastic. Um, you had your first 100-yard rusher, if I'm not mistaken, in the XFL in this game yes, as well. 100%. Morgan Ellison, 17 carries, 103 yards, 6-point yards per carry. And the former NFL uh, Pro Bowler, Josh Gordon, his best day in the XFL, uh, six catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. He had a 65-yard touchdown on fourth and two with 112 left to play to give Seattle the lead. Um, Josh Gordon trying to trying to bring that name back for himself to get himself an, an NFL contract at the end of the season. If you look on the other side, Brett Hundley went the entire way for Vegas. Uh, 13 of 28, that's only 46% completion. 224 yards and two touchdowns. Um, the leading rusher for Vegas, Rod Smith, had 10 carries, 41 yards. Uh, Jeff Bidette, who's had his uh, name called a few times this season already, Caught one of the lone touch, one of the two touchdowns from Hundley. Four catches, ninety-three yards, and a touchdown. It should mention. It should. It should serve to mention that the two guys that I expected to be the best receivers on this team, former NFL guys, in Martavis Bryant hmm. and Geronimo Allison, for the second consecutive week, combined two receptions for eight yards. Bill, um, is the fact that Martavis Bryant, and Geronimo Allison, not getting involved in this offense. 
a sign of the fact that Vegas is just not as good as we expected them to be? Uh, partially. I, I still don't uh, – like I said, I didn't see the game. But in the previous games, they just did not have enough offensive line play to protect. It looks like they probably did a little bit this week. We've watched Seattle a few times, and their defense isn't terrible. They lost some really close games. And Vegas did a good job uh, this week, finally. Brett Hundley finally played well, right? He, he finally got in the game more significantly this week. And I just think that they're not getting open, but Dead is outplaying them right now. Listen, uh, last week they, they combined for no catches. This week, two catches for eight yards. Um, if Vegas is going to get on the right track, they're going to have to get a speedy guy like Martavis Bryant and a guy like Geronimo Allison involved on this offense. No knock on Jeff Bidette. He has come to play, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, without unofficially looking at the numbers. I believe Jeff Bidette is the leading receiver on this team. It is, uh, yes. But, but with this loss, Vegas again drops to 0-3 Seattle improves the one and two I, I i picked preseason for vegas to be the best team in the league <laughs> whoops and uh yeah whoops is right um it's more of a chris berman whoop uh, that's, yeah. oh, that's yeah. where i'm going with it because because they are not good as they go to zero and three um next up on the list that was the only saturday game we had three sunday afternoon games uh let's start off with see the st louis battle hawks and the dc defenders two teams that were two and oh headed into the weekend uh, St. Louis come from behind victories in both of their two wins. Could not muster the comeback this week. St. Louis 28, the D.C. Defenders 34, and we had a return of the Beer Snake oh, in D.C. So much fun. I wish I had the number in front of me, but um, D.C., I think after this game, leads the XFL in attendance, and the crowd was rowdy again, man. Bill, how'd you feel about this game between St. Louis and D.C.? It was fun. It was the best, in my opinion, best game of the weekend. It was super enjoyable. I mean, I guess the Sea Dragon Vipers game was great. I didn't get to see it, of course, Ryan. But, man, what a – DCs, they're good. They're really good. And and we saw something from them that we hadn't seen before, and, and that was an offense. They struggled in Vegas to get any kind of offense going, and Jordan Tamu was actually good this week. So I think that makes them really dangerous, and they should be, man. That crowd is so much fun in DC. I, it's, I want to go see a, I want to go see an XFL game up there. Dude, um, we might need to talk about that because right? we, we may have to take a road trip and go see a game. <laughs> right. Like, I'm totally down to do it. Like, we can make a stop in Virginia for some lunch. There we on go. On the way there. I mean, I got a, I got a friend that I can stop by and see. So, um, yeah, let's talk off air. But let's go through uh, the stat line here. Just some some names to, to mention for St. Louis. Uh, A.J. McCarron, the starter once again, had another decent day. 62% completions. He went 26-42. 262 yards. The big number to look at is four touchdowns on this game. He did have two carries for six yards. Leading rusher for the Battle Hawks, Brian Hill out of Wyoming. 12 carries, 32 yards. He also had four catches for 49 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, the guy that has been lighting it up for St. Louis from the receiving department, Hakeem Butler, went in the to end the second half, caught every single pass on their final drive of the second half. Nine catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown in this game. Uh, to mention, Austin Prohl has, has had a couple of really good weeks. A down week this week, two catches for 12 yards. Uh, you mentioned for D.C., Jordan Taamu having himself another good game. Completion percentage wasn't great, 196 yards on 11 of 20 passing. He did throw a touchdown. He also had a rushing touchdown with 22 yards rushing. But the leading rusher, again, Abram Smith, the number one pick in the XFL draft. 16 carries for 54 yards with three catches for 16. He had 3.4 yards of carry. 
Um, but they were dedicated to the run game. Were the defenders? I mentioned 16 carries for Abram Smith, 11 carries for the backup Rockwell Armstead for 51 yards. Um, your leading receiver here for DC, Lucky Jackson, four catches for 89 yards out of Western Kentucky. He also had the two-point conversion late in this game. Um, the uh, I, I only wanted to mention his name because he had a 58-yard touchdown catch. Chris Blair, two catches, 62 yards, but he had a he caught a big pass in this game. Um, I should mention this game was tied. You mentioned how, how great this game was. 14 all at halftime. A.J. McCarron threw a touchdown and converted the two-point conversion with under a minute to play, but he could not get the quote-unquote onside kick attempt right. uh, to complete the another miracle. 15, right, right. That's, that's so fun. Yeah, I love that rule. McCarron, not another McCarron miracle here. St. Louis drops the 2-1 and one in D.C. and remains undefeated at 3-0. and oh. Oh, Bill, we're not we're not going to get into the to the promise Houston game just yet. We're going to go to the Guardians and Renegades because uh, <laughs> oh no, listen, you're you're Orlando Guardians. Well, let's let's just say they we can we can find solace in the fact that they didn't go to a different quarterback this week. They stuck with Paxton Lynch for the entire game, but it wasn't enough. The Renegades win this one ten to nine. Uh, there was. Again, this was probably the worst game of the weekend. It was three to three headed into the fourth quarter. Um, Devion Smith for Arlington gets a one point conversion to give the Renegades a 10 to nine lead, and that 10 to nine lead would hold up. Orlando falls to 0 3. Arlington improves to 2 and 1. Uh, Bill, how'd you feel about your, your Orlando Guardians falling to the uh, winless? I'm trying to go back and make sure. Oh, they were one and one. They were one and one. No, no. They, they? They, yeah, they're one and one. Arlington is now two and one. No, but, I'm no Orlando was was zero and two. Yes, winless team. Yeah. Oh, you're saying I see. I'm saying yeah. They're, they're, two, yeah, they fall to be. Yeah, yeah, they fall to be one of one of the two remaining teams in the XFL without a win. They were there, man. They they outgained Arlington by almost a hundred yards. Yeah. They had more plays. Yards per play was much better. First downs. They had, everything was better. That I told you the week before, Orlando finds ways to screw themselves up. And they yep. did it again this week. They just they do it every time. And they they either there's either a turnover, there's a penalty, there's just something that happens that they cause their own issues. And they did it again this week. And it, you can't do that in football games. You either get blown out, which they've done the previous two weeks, or this game was a close game that they had a chance to win. And at the end, they just failed by one point because of silly, stupid mistakes, like their own mistakes. Yeah, listen, um, I mentioned we're not going to go through Nine all penalties, the Nine penalties, Ryan. Nine penalties. Penalties killed them. They're also not getting a lot of rushing. Uh, they're not getting the ball going on the run on, on the ground with the running backs. So let's go through the stats here. Orlando, I mentioned Paxton Lynch went the length of the game. He completed 61% of his passes for 219 yards. He also tacked on 10 carries for 43 yards. Uh, good for a 4.3 yard per carry uh, clip there. But your running backs, Kelvin Taylor and Jermaine Martin combined 2.4 yards per carry, 14 carries for 34 yards. But Cody Latimer, a former Super Bowl champion with the Broncos, continues to be the most consistent guy on this offense. Six catches, 66 yards in this game. If you look on the other side to Arlington, um, this is this is the probably the the most complex, uh, intriguing thing about this game. Drew Plitt does not get the start. We we mentioned when we did our XFL uh, primer that Kyle Sloter 
was yes. was going to be the starter, and he gets his first start in this game, and he goes 18 of 23 for 124 four yards and a touchdown, 78% completion percentage. Uh, so he was efficient. He, he didn't throw for a lot of yards, but he was efficient regardless. Devion Smith, I mentioned he had the one-point conversion. A Michigan running back, former, former University of Michigan standout, 18 carries, 49 yards. Again, another low yards per carry, 2.7 uh, for him. And Southern Cal product, Tyler Vaughn's your leading receiver, five catches, 39 yards, and he caught the go-ahead touchdown from Kyle Sloter um, late in this game. Um, I wish there was more to say, Bill, but, I mean, it's, it's a pretty foregone conclusion that Orlando is the worst team in the league. Um, they're Arlington, just, they're yeah, not no, disciplined. They don't play di- – terrible Buckley needs to do a better job coaching. I'm going to call him terrible Buckley until they win some games and it's actually Terrell Buckley. That's but hilarious. They gave up four first downs on penalties. They had nine penalties to Arlington's two. Like that that's how you lose one point football games. That's what Orlando's doing right now. So here's a here's another question. We're, we're talking about Orlando a lot. Arlington improves to two and one, but I don't think they're that good of a football team. I don't either. I don't are they the worst two and one team in the XFL? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I listen, we'll we'll get into predictions in the final segment of the show, but I, I I don't like Arlington. Um, yeah, there's only two I, two and one teams right now. It's either the Battle yeah. Hawks or Arlington. I think the Battle Hawks are better than Arlington. Yeah. They they were right there with DC and on DC's field the entire time. So that game was fun. Yeah, I think Arlington is honestly. I think that San Antonio is probably a better team than Arlington right now. They're one and two, and I think Seattle might beat Arlington because Arlington can't find any offense. Oh no, I'm right there with you. And we go from quite possibly two of the worst teams in the XFL to the best team in the XFL, the last game of the weekend. The San Antonio Brahmas going to Houston to face off against the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, San Antonio falls to 1-2 and two here against the now 3-0 Houston Roughnecks, 13-22. to 22. Um, Listen, this was entertaining considering the fact that San Antonio um, made a game of it late. But Jack Cohn just didn't have it, man. Um right. Listen, we mentioned the fact that Houston Houston looked okay in Week One in their win against Orlando. Um, I mean, they again they won the game by eight points. But Bill, what was your takeaway from this game between Houston and San Antonio? Because there weren't good numbers for San Antonio's offense, but Houston let them stick around. Yeah, that they did let them stick around. Houston was very good. Brandon Silver's looked really good at quarterback, especially in the first half was fantastic. But man. I have a lot of fun watching Max Borgie, and they were calling him Borgie in the game. Oh, I know. Like, what is that about? But uh, John Trey Kirkland, man, dang. Like, good receiver there in Houston. He was that guy that was at LSU that we said played behind uh, the great LSU wide receivers there with Jefferson and, and uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Believe it or not, he was actually a quarterback when, he, when they were there. So he is now a wide receiver, and he was ball and I think I texted you and said Kirkland is going off in this game and then they stopped playing offense so (laughs) the whole team stopped (laughs) playing offense you jinxed it I know and let San Antonio back in the game but uh you're right Jack Cohn was not good not good eight for 20 and had like 15 yards no it was it was pretty bad I think he had like 68 64 sorry 64 3.2 average that's pretty bad uh so yeah that it just didn't work for San Antonio you know Heinz Ward was disappointed you could see it it's fun to watch these games, though. I mean, it really – I love – this is one thing I love, Ryan. When they walk over and talk to the guys after the good play they did, they just made, it is so fun to hear what they have to say. And it's so cool how articulate these guys have been, the players. 
they, you know, what they say, oh, you know, this is, that's what we do in practice. We look for, it's, it's a focus catch that we do in practice. I think Lucky Jackson said it was so much fun to, to, to watch these games. Yeah, it's, it's really, again, we keep talking about it. It's really entertaining football. Um, you know, as far as this game goes, San Antonio tried to commit to the run game. Um, they had yeah. more rushing yards than passing yards in this Who was game. it, Ryan? Who were they trying to commit to? You know, what was, you know the, what, what was the running back, right? Listen, Bill, <laughs> you're baiting me and I don't appreciate it. Okay. Um, let's, let's uh, on, Jack. say it. Please say it. Oh, it's, it'll come. It'll come. Don't All you right. worry. Right. Jack Cohn, the quarterback for San Antonio, an abysmal day, 40% completions. He went eight of 20, uh, 64 yards passing with a touchdown. Um, my guy. Kalen Balage. Who? What Bill is uh, what, who's for. that guy? What was that? He finished with a 3.5 yards per carry, 10 carries, 35 yards, tack on another catch for eight yards. The backup running back, Jacques Patrick or Jaquez Patrick, eight carries for 36 yards. So a better, little bit better yards per carry there, but a combined to 98 rushing yards uh, between Cone, Balage, and Patrick. A 98 rushing yards, obviously more than the 64 passing yards that San Antonio had. Uh, so they got to get some balance on offense, and they got to be able to throw the ball. Otherwise, they're going to continue to struggle like they did here. On the other side, you mentioned Brandon Silvers for the Houston Roughnecks. Had himself a day, 69% completions, 24-35, 278 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and you mentioned Max Borgie, not Borgie, as the uh, as the the commentators could not get right in this in this call. Um, 15 carries, 74 yards. That's just under five yards a clip. Four catches for 12 yards for Borgie. And you mentioned John Trey Kirkland. Have yourself a day, big fella. Six catches, 77 yards, and two touchdowns yes, in this game. Um, San Antonio went up 7-0 early and never led again. Houston led this game 22-7 to half. There was no scoring in the fourth quarter. And the Houston is now the new Vegas favorite to win the XFL championship. Mm-hmm. In preseason, it was St. Louis-Houston going into this game had become the new uh, odds-on favorite to win. Houston improves to 3-0. San Antonio to 1-2. and two, They fall. Uh, Bill, these were really fun football games. We're going to take our final break. We're zipping right through the show here this week. We come back. Um, I've actually got an update on what our standings are regarding the XFL picks. Um, I didn't call them out last week. And so you'll need to stick around to find out who's making better picks in the XFL games this season. Bill... Or your guy, Bully Rye, stay tuned. We'll be right back and find out. And we'll pick XFL Week 4 right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today and make sure you tell them that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. All right, everybody, we are back for the final segment of the show. Your guy, Bully Wright, Banker Bill, and we are predicting XFL Week 4. And I mentioned at the end of last segment, I didn't call out what our records were, uh, wins and losses, uh, picking games so far this season. Uh, Bill, if you had to take a guess, who do you think is winning between you and I? 
uh, correctly picking games. Through I'm not really sure the NFL fans season. really care that much, Brian. I don't. I think it's not I that important. Think <laughs> they do, and I think you know why. Uh, Bankerville currently sits at 500, a, a solid six yes. and six. Terrible picking, uh, picking for the XFL this year. Your guy Billy Rice sits at eight and four. That's two game a two mm. game lead on Baker Bill, and we're gonna see if we uh, if we can create some separation this week because I've already made my picks for the week. I've already got them written down somewhere. Um, so we'll see what Baker Bill can do. Let's start off here. There are two Saturday games on Saturday, March eleventh. One uh, both appears to late. be oh no yeah both both appears to be late. The first game seven p.m. Eastern time. Houston at Orlando, the three and Houston Roughnecks at the zero and three Orlando Guardians. Bill, I think we're, I think I know where both of us are going here, but I need to hear you say it. He got Orlando or Houston? Easy, Houston. If you're if you're a fan of close football games, this isn't going to be the game for you. I mean, listen, they already played once this season, and the game was closer than you would you would you would expect. Thirty um, to twelve. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, it was it was it was thirty three to twelve. You're right. So maybe I was wrong with 33 what I was saying. Well, sorry. Yeah. Close. It, it was the widest margin of victory in, in the XFL this so season. Far. So far, yes. I stand corrected. Yeah, give me Houston. Orlando's Orlando's a, a dumpster fire, and Houston's the best team in the XFL. Uh, Bill, next up, the Saturday game, 7 p.m. Pacific time. That is a 10 o'clock game. You know, I've talked to you offline in the past about I would love just once to go out west during football season to watch college football from essentially what's 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 that eight in the morning or is it nine in the morning to watch the noon kickoffs on the east coast right nine and in the morning, wa- yeah. and then watch it all the way through the the night games um and then watch do the same thing with the nfl because right now you get an xfl kickoff at 10 o'clock pacific time or, or eastern time uh between the san antonio brahmas and the seattle sea dragons i guess they want to get people in the crowd or in this in the stands for seattle uh, Bill, who you got here, the Brahmas or the Sea Dragons? Sea Dragons, 100%. I think Ben DiNucci showed that he is an ex-NFL starter. He did start one game for the Dallas Cowboys. He is leading the XFL in passing yards, and I think he continues. We saw the Brahmas. They didn't have a great defense in that game against uh, the Houston you know, Roughnecks. That was not fun to watch there for a while until the end when Houston basically stopped playing offense. I think the Sea Dragons just put it on them, and I think they. Uh, I think this is a pretty wide margin of victory here between the the Sea Dragons and the Brahmas. Ooh, um, listen, I, I just can't. It just came to my my attention that I think I'm letting you pick every game first, so I'm gonna pick the next game first. Like, Boo! You know, to give you an opportunity <laughs> to create some separation. You said you already it. wrote yours down. I'm doing mine I on did. the fly, Ryan. I, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, listen, I, I say that because I'm also taking Seattle. Um, okay. I. You think the margin of victory will be wide? I think this will be a closer game than you're expecting. Okay. Um, I think uh, I think San Antonio is has got to be frustrated at one and two. Um, you're again. I mentioned we mentioned in the last segment. It, it doesn't look like they're getting a lot of offense going. I mean, a little bit over 150 total yards of offense against a, you know a great Houston defense. Don't get me wrong. Wade Phillips knows how to coach a defense. Um, but I, I think San Antonio is going to make this a game. But I still like Seattle to take the win here. The Sunday games, you get Sunday, March 12th. Uh, I should mention both of those games uh, for Saturday will be on FX and all games will be streaming on ESPN plus, uh, which is a really weird combination there. And we do not get money for from promoting those. But if you're looking to find where to watch the games, that's where on Sunday, we get a 3 PM central time kickoff 
the Arlington Renegades travel to the St. Louis Battle Hawks. Um, Bill, I will go ahead and pick, and I'm going to take St. Louis. I think the Battle Hawks, uh, they, the Magic ran out in week three. I think they come back, and I don't think they need a miracle to win this game. I think Arlington is is worse than their record dictates. We already talked about that in the last segment. Right. Um, they, I think uh, as much as um, St. Louis and that offense struggles to, to put games away early, um, Arlington is uh, – I mean, they've got Kyle Sloter. They're, they're, they're committed to Kyle Sloter now. Uh, Devion Smith is – I mean, he got 18 carries in that game against the Guardians. I think they're going to continue to put the ball in Smith's hands. Uh, Sloter is going to continue to be consistent and efficient with the football. So give me St. Louis over the Arlington Renegades. Bill, who you got here? I think this one's pretty obvious, in, in my opinion. I think the Battle Hawks are the better team. Arlington's two wins are against the two worst teams in the XFL. So two teams that haven't beat anybody lost to Arlington. So good for them for beating the worst teams. That's good. That means they're not the worst team. They look like, you know, they're two and one. I don't think they're anywhere near as good as that. And that'll show by the end of the season. I think the Battle Hawks win this one pretty easily. AJ McCarron is a much better quarterback than Kyle Slaughter or Drew Plitz. I mean, yeah, McCarron had almost 300 yards um, passing uh, this past week. Yeah, I'm, I'm so far we're three for three with the same game. So we'll see if you can create any separation here. Not a chance. Um, or not or maybe not create separation, but maybe you can catch up here. Uh, the last game of the weekend, the Vegas Vipers, a 7 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on ESPN2 against the D.C. Defenders, another D.C. home game, and it's much-watched TV if you have not watched uh, the, the D.C. Defenders host a football game. Um, again, uh, it's pretty obvious. I preseason picked Vegas to be the best team in the XFL. Uh, boy, I was wrong. Give me D.C., and I don't <laughs> think it's close. Bill, who you got here? Agreed. I think DC is by far the best. Honestly, I think it's a really nice uh, run right now between Houston and DC. Whether we don't know which team is better, DC plays really decent defense. Battlehawks look like a really good team up until last week, and then they picked off McCarron twice. DC's got a nice defense. They're playing at home, which we, like you said, this is much watch TV. It's crazy. We'll have the beer snakes rolling, and I think DC blows out the Vegas Vipers. Yeah, I mean, listen, at this rate, it looks like it's going to be Houston versus D.C. for the XFL championship as, the uh, you know, they split up the divisions between North and South. You've got all the Texas teams in Orlando in the South, and then obviously St. Louis, Seattle, D.C. and San Antonio. Oh, not San Antonio. Of course, I can't think of the other, the, the eighth team uh, rounding out the uh, the North. But, uh, yeah, right now it looks like it's going to be Houston and D.C. And that's, that's a rematch, by the way, the D.C. Vegas Vipers along with that Houston – uh, Roughnecks, Orlando Guardians. Those are two rematches. DC beat Vegas in Vegas, eighteen to sixteen. But that was before DC found an offense last week. So yeah, this will be. Uh, I'm not sure this is a great week of games, but you, that's why they play them. We just don't know. I think that that Saturday night game, that really late game at 10 p.m. Eastern, that Brahma's Sea Dragons game is going to be a lot of fun. I think the rest of the games don't match up all that well. So it'll be interesting to see if we uh, we have closer games than we think we will. I mean, listen. The game, the game to watch is DC. I mean, as as bad just for the for the crowd. Yeah, as bad as Vegas is, it's worth watching. I mean, what else is coming on Sunday nights this this time of year anyway? Like, you're gonna watch you're gonna watch NBA. Are you, I mean, I think by that point, all the you might have the uh, the the NCAA tournament selection show, but 
Um, I mean, listen, you know what teams are going to be in the tournament at that right. point. So go tune into the XFL game. Bill, here's a question that I, I didn't think about until just now. Being as the rock, Dwayne Johnson is one of the co-owners of this league. Um, and I just mentioned a potential championship game for the XFL. What do you think the trophy is going to look like at the end of the season? You think we get a championship belt like WWE puts out? Wow, that would be like, actually kind of cool, I think. Yeah, Maybe I, they I think about rings, it should just be championship belts. Yeah, listen, it would be really expensive to give. I don't know how many was it 52 I think million the on the rings roster? are probably expensive to give, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think listen, you could make it work where you get like one one championship belt for the for the for the team and then everybody else gets like, I don't know, like little trophies or whatever you want to do, but I I think it'd be interesting to see if the Rock decides to go through. I'm sure it's probably going to be a trophy, but um being the XFL was originated by a wrestling promoter and then uh, reinstituted by a wrestling promoter and then uh, bought by a former pro wrestler um, slash sports entertainer, if you want to call him that. Um, I think it'd be fun to see a different movie kind of star, movie star, blockbuster. Oh, yeah. uh, has it has his own TV show that's fantastic. Weightlifter. I mean, yeah, the dude's more jacked than he ever was in a WWE no, ring. No kidding. I mean, this dude, he's probably like, if he wasn't so nice motivational be, speaker yeah he would be one of the most intimidating dudes on the planet really so, is he, um, he is but he's impressed I, I am a fan uh, of the rock he, he is pretty incredible I, I follow his instagrams oh yeah i i'm i'm hoping that i'm lucky enough just to like randomly run into him like some of his fans have in the past because wow. he's never like he's never been mean to a fan like no from, from what i've seen so just right yeah, not that really guy. good stuff yeah so uh, Bill, this has been fun, man. We, we zip right through this one. This has probably been the shortest show that we've done since we started doing it together. So, uh, as always, I appreciate you being here, bud. And uh, enjoy the XFL this week, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, man, it'll be a lot of fun. Don't miss – I'm just saying that don't miss the DC game. I know you won't, yeah. but nobody else uh, should either. Yeah. That, that's going to be fun. Listen, we got to get you excited. The the DC, DC defenders lead the XFL in attendance. I want to say they had something like 16,000 fans at their game this past weekend. I think weekend. probably more. That place was pretty packed, and I think it's close to a 20,000-seat stadium, so it's, it's probably pretty decent. Nevertheless, like Bill said, watch the D.C. Defenders game, if nothing more than the experience to see the crowd in this game. Um, if you remember the, ex, the the NFL game that took place, in, I believe, in Germany, where the crowd sang, uh, Take Me Home, Country Roads, um, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not quite on that level for DC, but it's 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 pretty pretty entertaining. So, home of the beer snake, the home of the beer snakes. Listen, folks, that's all for this week. We should have another football, another wrestling episode, I should say, uh, coming to you next week. Another throwback episode. Uh, PJ, Steve, and I will be recording soon uh, for for some some shows later down the line. We are at this point just under or just over four weeks away from WrestleMania, we are going to, to present the season five uh, premiere of the wrestling episodes the week leading into uh, WrestleMania. At the AEW just had a show this past weekend that, that uh, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, so hopefully you got to, to watch that. Maybe we'll discuss that pay-per-view later this season on the show. But a wrestling episode indeed coming next week. And then obviously another XFL, NFL football show coming to you from Banker Bill and your guy, Bully Rye, uh, here on the show next week. For Banker Bill, it's your guy, Bully Rye. Thanks for joining in this week for our football show. We'll see you next time right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns because I'll be around.